Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of The Referee's a Tanker. Slightly diluted crew tonight, just myself and Mr. Michael Berthin. Michael's going to take us through the results and then we're going to take it from there, guys. Right, so we'll start uh, back last Saturday. We'll start in the, the Premier League. Um, we had Everton and Tottenham drawing two each. Brighton were 4-1 winners at home to Crystal Palace. It was a 2-2 draw between Burnley and Fulham. And Newcastle and Luton shared eight goals between them in a 4-4 draw at St James's Park. Um, Villa then beat Sheffield United 5-0 away from home. Uh, on the Sunday, Bournemouth and Forest drew one apiece. Wolves went to Stamford Bridge and beat Chelsea 4-2. Mm. Man United ran out 3-0 winners over West Ham. And it was 3-1 to Arsenal at home to Liverpool, which blows that title billet right open. And the final game seen Monday Night Football with Man City beating Brentford 3-1, the highlight being a hat-trick from Phil Foden. Um, With regards to the Scottish Premier League, uh, Saturday, Aberdeen and Celtic draw drew one apiece up at Pataudry. Hearts came from behind to beat Dundee 3-2 at Dens Park. Hibs were 3-0 losers against St Mirren. Motherwell and Kilmarnock drew one apiece. Rangers had a very easy afternoon beating Livingston 3-0 at Ibrox. And St Johnston went up to Dingwall and took all the points, winning 1-0. Huge win. Massive, mate. Um, with regards to midweek... Down in England, we had some FA Cup replays. Uh, Coventry, Leeds United and Southampton are all through, all winning by three goal margins. Um, and on the Wednesday, the two replays, Nottingham Forest beat Bristol City 5-3 on penalties after a 1-1 draw. And Chelsea are through to the next round as well, knocking out Aston Villa, Villa Park 3-1. In Scotland, on the Tuesday night, there was two games with Motherwell thumping Ross County 5-0 and Rangers beating Aberdeen 2-1 in Neil Warnock's first game for the Aberdeen team. Wednesday night, seeing Kilmarnock beating Livingston 1-0 down at Rugby Park. Hearts ran out 1-0 winners against St Johnston at Medermott Park. Celtic left it very late to win 2-1 against Hibs at Easter Road and St Mirren beat Dundee 2-0. So some some big results in there, mate. Big results, mate. A disappointing one for me. Easter Road last night. I felt that um, the decisions just slightly went against us. Hibs were much better team in the second half and arguably deserved to take at least a point from the game. But you know what? It's it's always tough playing against Old Farm at home. So yeah, it's tough, mate. I think that if you play like I think like Montgomery changed his formation slightly and put three bodies in the middle of the park. Um, and I think that that'll if you play like that against most teams, you'll win more than you lose. So here's hoping that the the change of system brings a a, a better return points wise for Hibs going forward. Yeah, a bit of a I'm nuts one for Chelsea as well, getting beat four two at home to Wolves, and then being able to go to Villa Park now. Villa Park's been an absolute fortress. I know they got beat off uh, Newcastle uh, the weekend before, um. But yeah, then to go to Villa Park and be able to beat them in the FA Cup. Yeah, I mean, I think Villa when Villa seem to get beat, they seem to get beat badly. I yeah. think like, whenever they win, they seem to like crucify teams. But it's almost as if once they concede the first, they they, they spend more time chasing an equaliser rather than keeping the shape, and they, they, then they concede a second, and it just seems to fall apart. So it's a strange one because when they win well, when they win, they win well. When they get beat, it seems to be an absolute catastrophe. 
Yes, it's crazy, isn't it? And I mean, they're such a, they're so exciting to watch. And if you've got a season ticket at Villa Park, by all means, you've been treated to a hell of a lot of goals. But I feel that they're most definitely in and amongst the Champions League places um, for the end of the season race. But I feel like that was a chance for them to maybe push on and potentially pick up a, a trophy, at least get into the semi-final. Final stage was well within their grasp. Yeah. Right, mate, I've got a, a quiz this week for you again, just to see if you're keeping on your toes with um, our football knowledge. Uh, I'll leave the brain teaser for next week, seeing as Marty's not here. Right, buddy, go for it. Right, so first question is, how many teams has Neil Warnock managed? We've got the choice of 17, 19, 21 or 23. That's bloody outrageous. <laughs> Which city did Pep Guardiola win his first Champions League as a manager? The choices are Athens, Moscow, London or Rome. Yep. And to continue on with the manager questions, um, because I know that's going to be a big talking point this week, Klopp is obviously leaving Liverpool at the end of the season, but who was his first signing at Anfield? Oh. Was it Emery Khan, Marco Grujic, oh, Stephen Colker, oh, no. or Sadio Mane? I don't think it was Mane. Oh, Lord, that's a toughie. And uh, the last, the fourth question is which of these clubs did Zlatan Ibrahimovic manage the most appearances for? And the choices are AC Milan, Ajax, Inter Milan, or PSG. Right, ready. Right. So you give me your answers, mate. How many teams did Neil Warnock manage? I'm going to go 19. Ah, close, mate. 17. (laughs) Still a ridiculous amount of teams, though, isn't it? Crazy. Right. Um, second question was in which city did Pep Guardiola win his first Champions League? Rome. Rome it is, mate. Well done. Do you get a bonus point if you can tell me the the score? Uh, they beat Man United um, 2 0. Uh, the next one was who do you think Klopp's first signing was? Emery Chan. No, it's Marco Grusic. Oh, Christ. And the last one is um, who did Ibrahimovic make the most appearances for? Milan, Ajax, Inter or PSG? PSG. It's PSG, mate. Yeah, well done. What was the score in the the Champions League final? Was it 2-0? Mate. I was going to get a bonus point. I need to just go and find out the answer. We'll come back to one, guys. We will. Big talking points of the week, mate. Yeah. So, as I've just said, we're going to make it more about the managers this week. And there's a, there's a few talking points. They all seem to be in the, the Scottish leagues this week. We had um, Neil Warnock as the new Aberdeen manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adams left Ross County. Derek Adams left Ross County after 12 games in charge and a pretty full highlights, well, lowlights, should I say. And the, the other one is looking at David Martindale's position at Livingston. Yeah. They are getting cut adrift at the bottom. They are, mate. Um, and they just seem to be in a bit of a free fall just now. 
but it's, it's whether what, what the, the positioning wise, finance wise, where Livy are, they they're really struggling. I think I've heard a lot of stories saying that they're really struggling. So if they were to get rid of the Martin deal, do they have any money to bring somebody in who's going to want to come in and do the job? It's a, it's a real uphill battle for them. So do they they stick with what they know with Martindale or twist? We'll start with that one first, mate. What's your what's your thoughts on it? I genuinely think that they're um they said the budget must be minimal. You think that never mind bringing in a squad or taking a squad or kinda of wee bit of a turnover. You're probably banking on not being in the Premier League next year. Your budget's instantly going to be halved, whatever half of almost zero is. And then any of the better players, the laddie Penrise at the fullback, I'd imagine Nubley's already away. Any of the boys that are on six month contracts, they're just going to be not renewed. You wonder, is it is it worthwhile sacking him? Because in all fairness, he knows the club better than anybody else. If they're to go down, who's arguably better placed to at least put up a fight to get them back in the Premier League? I don't think they will. I think if they go down, they spiral out of control and they become like a Hamilton. I think they don't come back for a little bit of time, to be fair. I think the finances would... They've not got a great crowd as it is, and I can't imagine whatever budget is there was going to bring in enough quality to push potentially... Uh, Don Fermlin or Morton or Party Thistle, Inverness, Queen's Park. I don't think so, personally. Yeah, I think that they've they also had new owners come in this season. But it's obviously the owners that have come in obviously haven't had any money to spend. They've not given Martin Deal anything to spend. They've not increased budgets. No. Um so it's a it's a bit of a sorry state of affairs for them, especially with it being a local club and one of the easiest away days to get to for us. Yeah, you wonder though, like Owners coming in, have they just literally took on took on the debt and not really produced anything in budget wise for Martindale to go out and get somebody in a decent centre forward for the next six months to keep them in the division? Are they basically saying, you know what, we're going to take over the debt, we're going to manage it, and we're going to probably have to realise that we're not going to be in this division anymore. Let's just try and get wages of the book off the books, get cheaper guys in, and sell any assets. That's what I think that's going to happen in the summer. Yeah, I mean, a few months ago, he was touted for the St. Johnston job. Yeah. Uh, Livingston rejected it. Martindale, who's on a month-to-month contract at the time, Crazy. I thought he would have tried to, to push for it or just said, listen, I'm away. Um, but Where, he does never... he Where does he go from now, though? Like, like I said, if you your stock was at an arguably a decent level, Livingston have been hovering between that sixth and ninth position for a good couple of years. Yeah. They never, they never look like they're going to push for the bigger the bigger. Uh, places, especially behind Rangers and Celtic, but they never really looked at like in any serious threat until this year. Yeah, and their their home form was always like a right sticky point for away teams to come and get again any sort of result at, at Levy. But now it feels like this might be the season that they go. And like you said, if if they're to go, if they got any sort of any sort of squad, any budget to even push for a bounce back, you just don't know. Can't yeah. see it. I mean, when, when Martin Dale was offered the St. Johnson job, or offered to interview for it, sorry, not offered the job, offered to interview for it, and they said no, they were five points clear of St. Johnson, who were rock bottom yep. by five points. It wasn't now. St. Johnson are about 11 points clear of them. Ooh. There has been a huge switch. Now, don't get me wrong, it's not like St. Johnson have come out and all of a sudden are picking up wins left, right and centre, or win against Ross County last weekend was our first away win of the season in yeah. February. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like we've been flying it's just they have been they've been floundering yeah. so. 
Yeah. Right, mate, the other one, Derek Adams, um, came up to Ross County, got beaten a few games, then started complaining that the level compared to Morecambe was ridiculously low in Scottish football. It became a bit of a circus act with him. He's now left after 12 games with Ross County, just above Livingston. Uh, six points, sorry, in it. But they've got two games in hand over Livingston. Yeah. Ah, a bit of a strange one. Did you did you think the right was on the wall after he came out and slagged it off? I mean, if you're coming out and slagging off the the quality of the Scottish football, you're obviously having a go at your own players and saying that yep. the quality is so poor. Do you yep. want, would you want to play for a manager? And no. don't get me wrong, it's your job. You're getting paid to do it. Of course you should. But if you've got a manager who's slagged you off that much and made you a laughing stock, it was must have been reported around everywhere. Um, right was on the wall, do you not think? Mate, I find him strange. I found him strange when he's at Ross County the first time. I think he's got he had he came up saying that the Ross County squad was a hundred times worse than the Morecambe squad that he left. First of all, why why would you leave then? Nobody made you leave Morecambe. But now he's done a cracking job because now the Ross County squad's a thousand times worse than the Morecambe <laughs> one. So he's he's excelled them. He's honestly he's just a strange wee character. He's came up, and like you said, a lot of the guys at Ross County, like we've said before, are in this like kind of shop window. Like they they often take one year deals, eighteen month deals, on the premise of look, guys, get in, we'll give you minutes, use us as a shop window, and we'll move you back on. Get yourself back to like a League One or League Two team down south, and that's always been they're not like there's not a selling point to live up north away so far isolated like that. Yeah, so, and now you're coming to say, look, guys, the guys who have actually sacrificed to come into this shop window and graft like hell. You you're now no good enough. I just find them like how are you going to inspire confidence in a guys who are already maybe in their last kind of chance to loon, and you've just just crucified them. Strange wee man, strange wee man. Yeah, it was all just just very bizarre. Another, I would say, slightly bizarre managerial uh, appointment this week is Warnick going to Aberdeen on yeah. a six month deal. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's not showing much forward thinking from the, the Aberdeen board, surely, unless they're writing the season off and just thinking, the chances, I mean, I see the chance I'm not getting relegated. It's not like they're a million miles ahead no. of the bottom pack. Bringing in someone for, for six months, and as we says, he's he's got plenty of experience having managed 17 teams. What do you make of it? What have you made of his, his uh, interviews so far? Um, I don't, would you be Would you be happy? Would you be happy with it when it came to Hibs? It's hard because, in all fairness, he, if he came to Hibs, I wouldn't be thrilled. He's always too a keen interest in Scottish football. You're listening to him talking. He's he's not um without knowledge of the game. I think he's got an experience to him. He's got a lot of. He's always got Peter Leaven as his right hand man, who's been up there with Barry Robson, who's still um in in the coaching staff. So he's going to know the players on a on a closer basis. And Warnock's just going to throw in his tidbits of experience. He's going to get the guys well drilled. He's going to get the guys organised. And I think that in all fairness, Aberdeen season at this rate is going to be a case of see how far they can get in the cup. They're still in the cup, eh? Yeah. Aye. See how far they can get in the cup. If you can push for a top six, top five, top four place, you're not catching hearts. So I think your remit is pretty simple. Get as deep into the cup as you can make us hard to beat, get us top six. And if he can get that, he'll walk away and Aberdeen fans will be like, you know what, we've got something to build on at least going forward next season. Now when they lose, they'll lose my off-skin in the summer and that'll be a completely different kettle of fish. But 
I think he maybe doesn't inspire like the excitement that you'd maybe want for a managerial appointment, but I think he brings a steadiness. Yeah, you know I, mean? I think he brings a steadiness that maybe a rogue appointment from left field, like the Stephen Glass one, came from nowhere. Although he's Aberdeen, like kind of born and bred, but it, what didn't he? It never showed. It, it didn't bring a steadiness. Yeah, yeah, it didn't bring a steadiness, and maybe it's a bit of a boring appointment. But in all fairness, it might be what they need to kind of solidify that kind of top six position. Like I said, if they can get deep into the cups, it'll leave, and I think folk will be happy with that. Yeah. Well, I hope, I hope it kind of works out for them. Not too much so that they they finish above St Johnston, but uh, no, no. Uh, Right, um, we'll do a wee tour of Europe now, mate, and get a wee roundup now. Obviously, with, with Marty being MIA, we'll, uh, I'll let you run through the three leagues. We'll start off in, in Spain. Yeah, uh, match day 23 started on Friday night with Athletic Bilbao defeating Mallorca 4-0 with a good win at San Mamés. The highlight results was Barcelona defeating Alaves 3-1 at Mendy Therosa. Girona stuttered a little bit with a 0-0 draw at home to Real Sociedad, whilst Real Madrid drew 1-1 at home to Atletico Madrid's last-minute goal from Marcus Llorente. The table for La Liga sits with Real Madrid being two points clear of Girona in second, with Barcelona Atletico Madrid making up the top four. Down the bottom, you've got Almeria still without a win after 23 games, luckless on six points. Granada and Cardiff or make up the bottom three, but it is quite close between Mallorca, Celta Vigo, Sevilla, all within one win of the bottom three. Yeah. Very, very close, but I think that um, Girona might start to start as the, the season goes on, but if they can make Champions League, that's an incredible success, so fair play to them. Yeah, and they've got uh, Madrid this Sunday, don't they? Yeah, it's at the Bernabeu. I think if Real Madrid were to win that, you'd imagine they'd kick on and win the league by kind of seven to ten points. A decent counter, yeah. Yeah, but if, if Girona can keep Barcelona at bay, then you're talking about an insane, insane kind of league campaign to hold off Barcelona and get a second place finish. I mean, brilliant. Yeah. Right, mate. And uh, Italy? Over in Serie A, again, match day 23, started on Friday night with Lecce defeating Fiorentina 3-2. Um, AC Milan picked up a decent win away to Frosinone 3-2. Bologna defeated Sassuolo 4-2, Lewis Ferguson getting one of the goals. Uh, Napoli defeated uh, Verona 2-1 to try and get their season back on track, but they're not quite at the levels they were last season. They're still sitting a good fair point behind Inter Milan, who defeated Juventus 1-0 in the top of the table clash on Sunday night. Monday night's conclusion of the match day brought Roma under new management under Daniele De Rossi, beating Cagliari 4-0. The Romans would then uh, leapfrog their city rivals up to fifth place. Inter Milan are four points clear of Juventus with a game in hand. AC Milan in third. Down the bottom, Salernitana, Empoli and Cagliari make up the bottom three. But Verona, Udinese, Sassuolo are all within three points of the drop zone. Yeah, they're all on level. Well, 18 and 19 points, isn't it? Between very close. One point between 19th and 15th. Yep, very close. Even then, Salernitana are not far off at the kind of, like, it's, they're not getting two decent wins out of nowhere or even a couple of draws. They might drag themselves back into contention. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, Germany, mate? Bundesliga is not quite as far ahead. They're only on match day 20. Um, Again, Weekday started on Friday night, but this time it was a 0-0 draw between Heidenheim and Borussia Dortmund. Notable wins for Bayern Munich defeating Mönchengladbach 3-1 at the Allianz Arena. 
And we had league leaders and incredible stories so far. Bayer Leverkusen defeating Darmstadt away 2-0. The league standings are still Leverkusen holding out a two-point lead over Bayern. If they keep them at bay for a little bit longer, you'd imagine that a Champions League spot will probably be guaranteed because Bayern are 10 points clear of third-place Stuttgart, who in turn are three points clear of Dortmund. At the bottom, the bottom two guaranteed relegation positions are Darmstadt on 11 and Mainz on 12. Cologne at the minute occupied the relegation playoff place on 15 and Union Berlin, our old friend, has sneaked out of the drop zone hanging around in 15th place. Happy days. Another, another big game on Saturday with <laughs> Bayern, the Bayern Leverkusen at yep. home to Munich. Yeah. That's the game. You open up a five-point gap. That's the game, I think. That obviously, I know that they're unbeaten in all competitions. I think they're stretching out to 29 games, including Cups, Europa and the league. Um, if they can hold Bayern at bay and get a win, it would be monumental in terms of the title race because that gives you five points, like you say. And if you're not getting beat, like even if you're like, at some stage, they probably will suffer a defeat. But at the minute, they're still very much in the driving seat to, to at very least guarantee himself a Champions League place, which gets them back to the top table. It will attract interest for Xavi Alonso. Um, Xavi Alonso obviously got has been touted to potentially replace Klopp, potentially the Real Madrid might move Ancelotti on one season early from his contract and they might take advantage of Alonso's kind of rising stock and he's got the respect of the 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 management at, at Real Madrid. I think being our next player and being very well coached under a number of managers, including Mourinho and Ancelotti, you just imagine that there's he's going to be... He can. I think if he does a, has a really good season with Bayer Leverkusen, I think there's a chance that he goes to either Liverpool or Real Madrid in the summer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Big moves coming up for Alonso. I think if he keeps that Leverkusen train chugging away. Well, mate, it's hard not to. I mean, Leverkusen have always been a team between maybe that seventh position to maybe second, third on their good or on their better years. But you'd imagine that if he takes them to the title, keeps Bayern at bay. This is the Bayern with Harry Kane scoring four hundred goals a year. If you keep that at bay, out of nowhere on his rookie season as a manager, it's just incredible. Yeah, you know I mean, certainly is right, mate. Um, we'll have a quick look ahead to the fixtures coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, just an answer to your the brain teaser, which which we did earlier on. Not really a brain teaser, was it? It's just you coming up with the result. It did finish two 0 and it was a Messi and Eto'o got a goal. Yeah, Eto'o scored the first one in the 10th minute and then Messi added one on the 20th minute. Ran out 2-0 winners. Yep. So, oh. That header for, over the back of Rio's shoulder was the, the second goal. Yeah, that's right. Yep, I remember it well. Yeah. So, so yeah, right. We'll have a look at the fixtures coming up. Um, we'll start in England where on the Saturday the early kickoff sees Man City at home to Everton. We have Fulham at home to Bournemouth, Liverpool at home to Burnley, Sheffield United travel down to Luton Town, uh, Tottenham at home to Brighton, Wolves at home to Brentford, and the evening kickoff sees Newcastle playing Forest at the Forest Ground. Um, on the Sunday, we've got two games with West Ham at home to Arsenal and Aston Villa are at home to Man United. That'll be a good game. A massive game, mate. And on the Monday Night Football, we have another all-London derby with Crystal Palace at home to Chelsea. 
Um, in Scotland, we have the Scottish Cup this weekend. Um, so we don't have any Premier League games apart from the Sunday where we see um, St Johnston play Dundee at Dens Park. That's the rearranged fixture from the 2nd of January. Correct. Um, so, yeah, so going into the fifth round of the Scottish Cup, our Friday night game sees Morton at home to Motherwell. Saturday has Aberdeen at home to Bonnie Rig Rose. Hibs travel up to the Highlands to play Inverness. We have Kilmarnock at home to Cove Rangers. Livingston travel to Partick Thistle and Rangers are at home to Air United in the evening kickoff at half past five. Um, Sunday sees St Mirren at home to Celtic and Airdrie will be looking to try and get another Premiership scalp and they play Hearts with a five o'clock kickoff. That'll be a tough one for Hearts. I think Airdrie are a decent outfit, especially at home. Yeah, that's who knocks St Johnson out, mate. That's right, aye. So, yeah, I think they look good. So I think that Hearts will obviously go there thinking they're, they're going to probably win. But still, it's a tricky tie. It's a tricky tie. It's going, it's going to be under the lights at Airdrie. Tough game. They're good at home. It's going to be in the telly. It's going to be a big, big atmosphere. And imagine that Hearts will, will find it tricky. If Airdrie will take the lead, it may be a little bit different. Yeah. Right. Um, so we'll quickly have a look over our wee betting corner from last week. Um, Marty's two teams I've not written these down so I'm just going off memory here he went for a Newcastle win against Luton um, which obviously finished 4 all. his other result did come in um, but it's completely escaped me which one it was you got 100% Shan didn't you yep. with um, wins for Southampton and Brighton Brighton yeah. And I had a mixed bag like Marty and got one of mine's right. Took Aston Villa to beat Sheffield United. That was uh, 5-0, quite yep. convincing. But the Saturday game was, I took uh, Blackburn to beat Queen's Park Rangers. And unfortunately, Queen's Park Rangers won. So, uh, start of the table, Shane, you'll be sat on 100%. And me and Marty both sat on 50%. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so I'll take your, your bets for just now, mate. Who are you going for this week? Um, I said I'd go for Wolves to beat Brentford at Molyneux. I think Wolves have been on a decent run. I think that uh, I think that they've just got they've just got a wee bit of a ride under um, a, wee bit of a wee bit of momentum going under Gary O'Neill. And I think I took Blackburn Rovers to defeat Stoke at Ewood Park. Stoke, I'm sure, got leathered 5-0 from Leicester last week. Um, I think they'll be toiling to gain that momentum back and gain, gain the confidence away game. Tough one. Blackburn aren't brilliant, but I think that they might just hold them off, hopefully. Yeah. Right, I'm going for a couple of Premier League games. I, I was looking at the Scottish Cup ones, but you're always worried about a wee cup upset, so I think I'll, I'll leave them be. And I'm going to take Luton at home to Sheffield United. Um, I think they've been they've been really good recently. They, oh, they smashed Brighton. They got a four four draw away to Newcastle. There's not many teams go up to Newcastle and get a draw. Or so four four. Or four four. Newcastle, that's ludicrous. Yeah, and I think that the, their home form was always going to be the thing that that got them this year. So yeah. I'm taking them at home to Sheffield United. 
And as much as these two teams blow a bit hot and cold, I think Spurs will be too much for for Brighton. And I expect Spurs to beat Brighton at home. Yeah, I'd go along with that. I think Brighton have only won three in the last, or four now, I think, in their last yeah. like, 14 games in the Premier League. So this is a um, chance for Spurs. But I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think that game's going to be like 3-1, maybe 3-2 Spurs. Yeah. And we'll also get Marty's uh, choices once he wakes up. Um, <laughs> right, mate. Um, as right for player of the week or performance of the week, I should say, um, who are you going for? It's tough. A lot of decent performances last week, to be fair. Uh, I'm going to have to give it to the one man that I genuinely despise on club level, but I'm going to have to give it to Lauren Shankland. <laughs> That does not come out my mouth particularly easily. However, two goals, captain's performance, and an away win at Dundee coming from behind and gets the only goal at McDermott Park in a 1 0 win against St Johnston. Great goal. He's just on fire. He seems like the heart, if Hearts are doing well, it's all done to Shanklin's goals. And if it's not his goals, it's definitely he's getting moments in and around the box to make it easier for others to score. But he has taken the the vast bulk of the goals, he's going to get himself in the Scotland squad and I really hope that he continues that format in the summer. And then, fingers crossed, he leaves Hearts and stops, stops pissing over Hibs. So, <laughs> I just, he's just so good. He's just, it's frustratingly good. That's what it is. It's hard because I know fine well he'll be above the level Hearts can offer in the summer. So, whilst he's here, enjoy him, Hearts fans, but I can't imagine he'll be here come, come July, August time. Yeah, um, my performance of the week is going to be uh, Matthias Cunha for oh, Wolves uh, against Chelsea, scoring a hat trick at Stamford Bridge. Now, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, Chelsea aren't exactly setting the world alight. Um, no. They're very hot and cold with how they play. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, to, for Wolves to go away against Chelsea to beat them and for one of your players to score a hat-trick is uh, something special. So Yeah, that's um, what they were good goals. For, I, thought, I thought he was brilliant. I think he, he linked up play with Neto um, in, the, in, the, in the wide areas. The, the movement was really, really good and I thought that Neto just destroyed Chilwell a couple of times. It was beautiful to watch. Yeah. yeah. Just an, another quick one here, mate. I completely forgot to talk about him or going through the, the Warnock situation at Aberdeen. Um, he spoke after the the Rangers game and said uh, Miofsky could mm. walk into any Premier League team down in England and uh, be one of the, the better players. What did you make of that? I would imagine that as Aberdeen manager, he's going to obviously blow up his own player, which is fine. I totally understand. I don't think he gets to, into any team in the Premier League. I think he's got a ceiling... And I think that you'd maybe have to go to a so-called lesser team within the Premier League to then move up to a bigger boy. Yeah. But if you ask him as a, just solely as a finisher of goals, I think he's he's very much uh, in that in that bracket of you give him a chance. I think his link-up play is good, but if you give him a chance, he scores goals. Yeah, he goals against Rangers. Sure. Mate, the last two games he scored against both Rangers and Celtic. He scores home, he scores away, he scores in Europe, he scores in the cups, he scores left, he scores right, he scores heaters. Yeah, him and, him and Shanklin are the two that they're now. If you're looking at if you're a Rangers and Celtic fan, you're not wanting them to go down south, you're wanting them in your bloody team. Yeah, they're, they know the league, they're good in front of um, they're good in front of goal, 
Brian, both of them have got really good link-up play. If I'm Rangers or Celtic, I'm thinking, fuck, try to sign somebody unknown for a Portuguese team or a Belgian team. Go and get Shankler. Go and get Majofsky. Especially, like, Shankler will be cheaper because his contract's up in the following summer. Um, whereas Majofsky, I think, has got a year after that. But, my God, both of them are really good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right, mate. Well, thank you very much for your time. I'll let you run off the training and enjoy your time in the snow. And uh, I'll catch you next week, mate. Thanks, buddy. Take care. You too, mate. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you.